0: My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Matifile, where we have the pleasure of being joined by Dr. Pramod Jaiswal, the Research Director of the Nepal Institute of International Cooperation and Engagement. As well as the editor of the edited volume Understanding Nepal in Contemporary Times. Dr. Jaiswal has edited several other manuscripts and several other books on Nepal and Nepali foreign relations. The conversation with Dr. Jaiswal covers Nepal's foreign relations with India and China, the Madhishi people on the Indo-Nipalese border, security concerns regarding the Belt and Road Initiative, and the disputed territories of Kalapani and Lepulek with India, and Humla with China. The conversation covers all these areas in some depth and is a gateway to understanding current geopolitical conflicts that Nepal is engaged in today. Here's our conversation. Hello and welcome to this episode of Mattifile, where today I have the pleasure of being joined by Dr. Pramod Jaiswal, who is currently the research director at NIICE Nepal, which is a leading research institute on international studies and conflict resolution in Nepal. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Pleasure. Sir, I want to start with Nepal's foreign policy because far too often Nepal is seen in the context of either Indian foreign policy or Chinese foreign policy. What are Nepal's foreign policy goals and objectives today under the Oli government?
2: Uh, actually, there has not been much change in the foreign policy in the current government. Overall, Nepal's, objective, uh, Nepal's foreign policy objective is to safeguard its national te- uh, territory, uh, sovereignty and integrity. Uh, at the same time, Nepal wants to balance both the neighbors uh, because we are surrounded by two big neighbors, India and China. So Nepal wants to balance both the neighbors and benefit itself from both economically because Nepal Nepal's foreign policy objective is to gain economic gains from both the neighbors, India and China. So it wants to gain economic development from both the countries. Uh, it also wants to safeguard its national territory. And for that, it has to balance one against other at times. So Nepal's foreign policy is to balance economic gains and protection of its national territory.
1: Okay. I want to talk a bit about Nepali border security and border management, because I think in the past two or three months itself, there's been a border dispute with India in the Kalapani and Lipa Lake region. And now there's reports of uh, Chinese settlements in the Humla region and the Humla district in the north. Uh, starting with India, what has been the history of Nepal and India's border management and border relations, starting from perhaps the 1950 Pact of Friendship? or even re- more recently from the 2005 and 2008 treaties between the two? Uh,
2: I think before we start, let me briefly talk about the Kalapani issue uh, because uh, in India, there are lots of misinformation. There is misreporting about the issue. Many Indians uh, do not know that this issue, the border dispute of, uh, between Nepal and India is very, very old uh we had only one bo- we have till now we have one border agreement between the two countries which is start from 1816 it's a long time back during the british time so we that is the only border agreement between india or you can say british india and nepal after that there is no border agreement uh but uh the border the issue of kalapani has been mentioned in 1816. uh there has it has been mi- uh different rate by both the countries like uh, the the problem of this dispute is the origin of Kali River like where does Kali start? Uh, there is uh, like uh, there is one point for Nepal and another point for Indians so that is the major source of Contention so this issue has been there in the past like since the formation of modern India in 1947 this issue has remained there It it became more important in after the India-China war. After 1962 war, uh, China, India started deploying more troops on the on northern border. And then at that time, when Indian troops were stationed in Kalapani, in Nepal objected to it. Nepal had objected to it. There are also reports that at that time, the king of Nepal allowed Indians to stay there because of knowing the Indian sensitivity, because Nepal and India had very good relations. And Many times, Nepal is under Indian security umbrella. So it's like India itself is also protection of Nepal. So for that particular reason, there was deployment of Indian troops and Nepal claims that we allowed that. Again, uh, there was, uh, in 1990, there was border uh, you know, map and all those surveys. At the time also, like there were issues uh, raised by the people at the time. And then King at the time said that, leave that, I mean, Nepal did not want to irritate India, so they did not uh, raise that issue. So this issue is very old. After Nepal became democratic, it has been raised uh, raised by several governments. It is also in the joint statement of both the countries. So this is the first thing that India has failed to acknowledge. Not India, I mean, the government has acknowledged, but Indian media, many people they do not understand that this border dispute between India and Nepal lies there. That is first. Second, yes, there are border disputes between India and Nepal. And also like in recent times, there are lots of news. I don't know how, uh, whether it's confirmed or not, but yes, there are lots of news that China has also been in crossing Nepalese territory. Now, uh, let me link it with the current India Nepal issues. I mean why this issue is coming up at the moment the reason is that all the countries india pakistan china and nepal they have it's interlinked like all the four countries are trying to talk on uh, this uh, resolving the border issues and it starts from customer issue like when india made new map uh, new in the sense that it just bifurcated its own territory which india claimed india has not captured or not acquired or not annexed Extra territory from Pakistan occupied Kashmir in Nepal we call Pakistan administered Kashmir or you can say a part that India claims that China is controlling so there's no change in the physical border, but in the map like uh, India has made some changes there's some change in the customer issues that has raised concern in Pakistan and China So there are some movement uh, some development on that side so at that time when there is India China border uh, standoff, you can say. Nepal also raised that issue. The reason Nepal raised is that since India is coming with a new map, where at the same time where India is talking of resolving certain border with China, why should we not also raise that issue? Because it's a long pending issue and Nepal raised it. There was accusation from Indian side that uh, Nepal is doing it at the behest of China. I think no country in this world need to be provoked for protection of their national territory. I mean, neither India need to be provoked for for the protection of its territory, neither Pakistan or even Bhutan. No country in this world, big or small, need to be provoked for the protection of its territory. Since Nepal believes Kalapani belongs to them, uh, any point of time it can be raised and uh, they do that. So I think uh, this issue is very important here that both the countries should sit together uh, and discuss it amicably because Nepal and India has very good relations and this issue they have agreed in the past that will resolve it through dialogue. There is a dialogue uh, border management uh, committee which is working on that. I think the deadline is till 2022. Tw- so they are working on that but when there are new developments in the region, Nepal also raised that issue and there are lots of human cry and the source of that, I, I think that particular problem is that when the Indian army chief said that it was on the behest of China, I think it provoked uh, in an unproportional manner because uh, first, the army chief of India should not have made such remarks because it is not under their jurisdiction. Uh, when it comes to foreign policy and all the Nepal India, I think the foreign ministry should have made some statement and it should be resolved through diplomatic channel. Uh, similarly, why army should not have made a statement? Because Nepal and India enjoy very good relations. It's not that you know, uh, that India has to attack certain country and make it a part of that. We don't have such relations. And neither Nepal also wanted to resolve it at that level, that military level. We don't want, it's not possible and we don't want that. If there is war between Nepal and India, Nepal will never wage war for its territory with India because, you know, uh, the symmetry of power. So I think these issues has not been well read, well understood in India, so I want to raise that.
1: Because I'm from India, I get a lot of my news sources from India. And as I understood it, uh, Nepal knew about the construction of the road in the Kalapani and Lipulekh Lake region. Why didn't Nepal speak out against the construction of that road earlier and what's happening to the road now?
2: Yes, let me uh, link to that especially. I mean, Nepal did not raise the issue of border before that. I mean, even when India, Pakistan or India, China, Nepal never raised that. Nepal only raised the issue of Kalapani when the Indian defense minister integrated that particular section of the road virtually. He didn't go to that place. He did it virtually through, through conference. And it was uh, everywhere in the social media. So Nepal reacted to it. Even not the people, not the government, it's the people of Nepal, they strongly objected to it, and then the government of Nepal was forced to take, uh, make a statements on that. So uh, since Kalapani, both India and Nepal claims to be disputed, Nepal believes that if India does any kind of construction or any kind of you know, activities in those region, Nepal should be informed because it's a disputed territory. So when India constructed that road and integrated it, Nepal did objections. Before that, Nepal had not raised it. So I think uh, that is how it should be seen. Like uh, India should have integrated under the confidence of Nepal or it should have informed Nepal that we are constructing a road or we are a road which is a disputed territory between the two
1: countries. Okay, that makes sense. I want to go back slightly back to 2015 when there was a trade embargo or a undeclared blockade of Indian trade on Nepali soil. How has that affected the relationship of India and Nepal today?
2: in Nepal, many claims, the madhesi parties claims that it was blockade imposed by them for, to pressize the government. But the go- but the ruling party or many in Kathmandu believe that there is an the Indian hand, India supported it. India wanted to support the madhesi parties and India supported them. Many also, many Modeshis also claims that in there was role of India but it was not to support madhesi but it, was, it had its own interest. So that is a major turning point which deteriorated the relation between the two countries. Before that, during the first visit of Modi to Kathmandu, he was welcomed. Um, uh, he had a grand welcome and he was liked by many people. But after that blockade, the relationship between the two countries deteriorated never liked before. So I think that's a turning point. It changed the whole equation of India in Nepal. Now, even if India comes with good intentions, the people in Nepal really, they find it very difficult to. Uh, adjust those things. So I think that's a turning point between the two countries that deteriorate the relation uh, and I think it will take decades for both the countries to forget those uh, developments that have happened in the past.
1: Who are the Madhesi political parties or the Madhesi people and what do they want in Nepal?
2: Madhesi um, people are the people who are in the plains of Nepal, who are in the southern belt of Nepal. Uh, their cultural, ideological, uh, their cultural, religious, everything uh, resembles with Uh, with India, they have cross-border marriages, you know, uh, many of the Madesis have uh, family members in India because it's the border town of India and Nepal. Uh, They are not migrants of India because that part, uh, they have been staying in that part of Nepal since a long time, like Janakpur. Janakpur is there since historical time, so they are are there, they're not Indians, they're Janakpuris. After Nepal and India became, they became uh, some, uh, you know, the border was, uh, drawn and then some became Nepali and some became Indian. Yes, there have been some migrants as well. So, Madeshis are the people who who are in the plains of Nepal, uh, whose culture uh, resembles with more of India and they have that cross-border marriages and all. And there are lots of political parties. In the past, there were many political parties uh, from Mades, but now mo- most of them have merged together. There is only one at the moment. So, uh, these modesty parties they have certain demands first that uh they have different language they don't they don't speak nepali uh, nepali is the national language but the the public service commission of nepal has made uh, public service exam mandatory to be in nepali so many of people because of the language are deprived to join the public service that deprived to join the they, i mean they have right to join the nepalese army but they're not well represented in Security forces or they are not well represented in uh, the bureaucracy or political parties at the same time There's discrimination in terms of citizenship uh, and they also uh, They also demand more of political constraints because uh, Almost mothers covers almost one third of the population of Nepal Uh, Sorry, it's 50% of the population, but it uh, it covers only one third of the land. So it has a huge population in Madhesh, so they are asking for almost 50 percent of the total seats that are there in the parliament. So these are some of the demands that Madeshis are demanding at the moment. Some has been addressed, some are yet to be addressed.
1: And what is uh, the current Oli government's attitude towards Madeshis and the Madheshi people?
2: Uh, the current Oli government belongs to Nepal Communist Party. Uh, but before it has, uh, it has been uh, Nepal Communist Party uh, was formed after the merger of uh, Nepal Communist Party Maoist Centre and the Communist Party of Nepal United Marxist Leninist. So when uh, at the time of blockade, uh, Oli had made certain remarks when his party was not united. At the time, he was the leader of CPN UML Communist Party of Nepal Unified Marxist Leninist. When he was the leader of that political party, he was the Prime Minister at the time he made several remarks that really hurt the Madhesi people. Uh, he was strongly against addressing the demand of the Madhesis. Some has been addressed uh, by now, even he has supported to some of the demands, but some are yet to be addressed. But overall, not only Nepal Communist Party, but majority of the parties, like Nepali Congress, or you can say Nepal Communist Party, are not favoring the demand raised by the Madhesi parties. That's why he's not very popular in Mades. Again, among all the leaders, he's more unpopular because he was a Prime Minister at the time and there was certain uh, he used uh, armed forces on the Madhishi people, so he became highly unpopular at that time.
1: Okay, I want to come back to the Madhishi people later in the interview, but I just want to briefly touch on the Gorkha soldiers and the Gorkha regiment of the Indian Army. What does the Gorkha regiment of the Indian Army mean to security relations between India and Nepal? Is it the, is that is the gorkha regime a buffer for relations or does it help relations in any way does it strain relations or not
2: uh, first uh, how did gorkha regime started uh, is very interesting to know like you all know that during Shippai mutiny british realized that you know uh, the, in, the indian people can betray them anytime so they wanted foreign forces so that's how uh, you know at that time Zhang uh, bahadurana the prime minister of nepal allowed its army to be used in India. So, work arrangement started at that time. So, at that time, India obviously was not very happy. You know, Indians uh, ha- the, so they start the beginning of work arrangement is not so glorious for the current, uh, for, for the, uh, for the modern India. Obviously, British glorify it, but for modern, uh, for India, it's not glorious because that is how it started. But after British left, uh, you know, India continued to, uh, have British out in Burkha Regiment because of their loyalty towards the British government at that time. And they showed it It continued that because uh, Burkha Regiment continued to show their loyalty to the new government. So Burkha Regiment has been highly regarded in India, like they have been highly respected. They have been put on the difficult terrain and they have fought several wars and they have been honored and respected for that. So the past was different. At the moment, Burkha Regiment enjoy very good relations uh, uh, very good respect in India. Uh, second, I think Gorkha regiment is a big soft power for Nepal, not only within, in relation to India, but with any country. You go to uh, Singapore, the palace is protected by Gorkha regiment, uh, Britain, uh, many parts of the world has Gorkha regiment. So uh, it's a very big soft power for Nepal. Uh, in India Nepal relation as well, Gorkha regiment is very important because the first blockade that happened between the two countries was in 1990 and second was the one that you talked about in 2015. So when the government, political parties, and people had failed to resolve several problems, army also played an important role. The chief of the army of Nepal army and the chief of the army staff of Indian army, they, have, they are already general of each other. You know, the chief of the army staff of India is also ready chief of the army staff of Nepal and vice versa. So there's a very strong relations and it starts from Gorkha regiment, which has continued till now. So army has played a very important role in resolving many of the problems between the two countries. At the same time, since Nepal-India has open border, and the border and, and Nepal borders with sensitive regions of uh, of China and which are very sensitive for Nepal-India as well. So I think this Gorkha regiment, or you can say military-to-military relation, military has played a very important role in developing or deepening the ties between the two countries.
1: Excellent. I want to now take a step back and move back to China and Nepal relations in two provinces. I think the first is just the Kalapani province. What has China said about the Kalapani dispute between India and Nepal? And the second is the Humla province, where there have been reports of buildings that have been built by China in Nepal. I don't know if these are confirmed, but why has there been such little reporting of the the Nepal-China border today, especially because i i found just one you know, one article on the kathmandu post um what's the media doing to cover china nepal relations and what are they like today
2: uh, on the kalapani issue chinese clearly said that they have nothing on this issue because uh, it's a bit it's a issue between nepal and uh, and india uh, but in the past uh, when uh, prime minister modi visited india in, in china in 2015 uh, India and China signed an agreement on Lipulay that India and China will be using it as a trade route. So at that time, Nepal objected to it. Nepal said that it's a uh, it's a tri-juncture, which Nepal also claims. So Nepal believes that that part belongs to them. So India and, Nepal, and China should have talked to them. So after that, what happened? Nepal, there was a huge protest in Nepal. India remained silent, but China said that, you know, uh, they made some statement that uh, okay, it can be discussed in the three, uh, between three countries. So China took a safe side. But most of the time, China has remained silent on the Kalapani issues. Second, coming to the reporting of Humla and other issues, I have also followed, only yesterday I saw one report in Nepali uh, media, but there are lots of news in, in Indian media. And that news that has come to Nepali media has also come from Indian media. It's not, first, it didn't start from there. Uh, like, there was another news, a uh, few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago that china has enclosed Nepal's territory at 22 points yeah. and nepali media used that and then nepali media had to apologize stating that it's a fake news it has no truth to it so in the past there has been news in indian media that really lacks facts evidences and proof so one is that second is that uh, i have i'm not expert on border and i have not been to that remote part where many of our security forces are not stationed there. You know, there are certain parts between Nepal, India, because you, there is a huge Himalayas mountain and all. So I know that from Nepal's side is not proper guarding because you don't have that capacity, resources, and reach so accessibility to those parts. So what you say might be true, might be true, but there's not enough evidences to that. Uh, even to report it, we need evidence, first, second, the report that is coming from India is also exaggerated, proof, fake, and all kind of thing that's why um, that's why I think we really have to look at those news, whether it 's planned it's real or not, because in the past, there are evidences that India has planned fake news and tried to use that, and those news get highly you know social media so I think uh, i don't what I'm sure is that the type of border dispute that we have with India is not with China. that is for sure because at the same time, uh, the type of relations that India has with especially interests but India has not prompted on time. When there is something on China, China responds immediately so that is at least it calms down it calms down the situation. I, we, I think India should have done the same thing. There can be confusion, there can be misinformation, there can be misreporting. but the government from both the countries should immediately address it, immediately talk on this. end the dispute so that's why the problem is that when there is something on India it it goes for weeks and days months because India has is silent on that India we expect the government to say something you know on the issue of Kalapani uh, Nepal only wanted Indian government to say okay there is dispute we'll discuss you know two sentences are enough for Indian government to to uh, come out with but there's silence which which led the issue remain for months and it was reported on both the countries, uh, in the media of both the countries.
1: And what is Nepal's position on Tibet? Does Nepal recognize Tibet as a free sovereign territory or does it acknowledge that China has sovereign control on Tibet?
2: I think both India and Nepal accept Tibet as an interior part of Nepal. Uh, sorry, China. I mean, both India and Nepal, both the countries accept Tibet as an integral part of China uh, and Nepal believes in one China policy, we even consider Taiwan as an integral part of China so Nepal believes in one China policy and we have never objected to that and I think India has also accepted that officially I don't know what is the unofficial stand different people in a democratic country can have different stand but I think the official stand of even Indian government is same.
1: Okay uh, and what is the current government's response to anti-China sentiments among maybe Tibetan refugees or followers of the Dalai Lama who are staunchly against the current Chinese regime?
2: Uh, actually, uh, uh, it just started in 2008 that when uh, China was hosting Olympic Games, uh, the people wanted to humiliate the West, basically wanted to humiliate uh, Beijing on the eve of Olympics, uh, raising the issue of human rights. Uh, because China at the time was projecting itself as an emerging power, you know, a new modern China, which is powerful, developed, rich. So at that time, the West wanted to humiliate Beijing on those grounds. So Nepal being very near to China or very near to Tibet, at the same time, uh, Nepal is the only easy access for Tibetans to flee. Many anti-Tibetan activities, or, or many, many pro-Tibetan activities, or you can say anti chinese activities, took place in Nepal. So at that time, Chinese became very alert and since then, Chinese has a strong pressure on the Nepalese government not to allow any activity that is pro-Tibetan or you can say anti-China. So Nepal government do not allow, because Nepal government believes in one China policy, Nepal government do not allow any kind of pro-Tibetan or you can say anti-China activities in the country. So since then, there is a strict control on Tibetan activities. They are not allowed to have any kind of political activities or you can say uh, in the country. They can they can do their economic, I mean, as a refugee, they get all the rights, but they're not allowed to get involved in any political activities that can hurt the relationship between Nepal and China.
1: And uh, you mentioned that Nepal believes in the One China policy. Nepal's already signed on to the One Belt, One Road initiative by China. Does Nepal fear that this might strain India-Nepal relations, or does it think that this is just an economic opportunity for them to prosper and develop?
2: Uh, first, I think if there were no blockade of 2015, Nepal would not have signed that agreement because after the relationship between Nepal and India deteriorated, there was a strong public pressure that Nepal should have an alternative route for trade and transit. In the past, it was only with uh, India. So after that blockade, people in Nepal really pressurized for that. So that's why Nepal government could easily sign that. Otherwise, Nepal would not have done in order to you know uh, make India. Uh, concerned about that. Second, I think it was also possible, it was possible that Nepal would have signed even if there is no block. There is one section who claims that, stating that many countries in this world are being part of BRI. They want to benefit from the rising China, the economic giant. Um, I think it is also partially true because when India, which do not have very good relations with China, when uh, South Korea, when United States, when Japan, which do not have very good relations with China, enjoys excellent economic relations. So when those countries, Japan, South Korea, US and India can have excellent economic relations, why can't Nepal not have economic engagement with China is a bigger question. Nepal believes that BRI is an economic opportunity. There are certain sections in India or other countries say that it's a strategic and all. Nepal thinks it is not a strategic, it's an economic. At the same time, Nepal and China do not enjoy um, hostile relation, they have very good relations So even if BRI had a strategic concern, it is not a concern for Nepal. It might be concern for Japan or other countries. It's not concern for Nepal because both the countries have very good relations. So I think BRI uh, is an opportunity for Nepal. Nepal should benefit from it. Uh, at the same time, since we also have very good relations, Nepal will not allow any BRI project that can hurt India's sensitivity, hurt India's core concern, which is security, core interest, which is security. So I think Nepal should be a part of BRI, it should benefit. Nepal believes that it will bring economic benefit to the country. And uh, that is what it believes in. But unfortunately, in last three years, Nepal has not benefited the way it could have benefited. You know, we signed the BRI agreement, but we have not made remarkable achievement uh, through BRI. So that is one problem. And the the issue is same that you raised, the concern of India. Because of India's concern, Nepal is not very comfortable. It can't have overwhelming relation with China. Nepal has to think several times before moving on any project. So I think Nepal should resolve those issues and use that opportunity um, for its economic development. Because all the countries in the world are using China for its economic development.
1: Is there any security concerns to do with the BRI? For instance, the port in Sri Lanka that was seized because Sri Lanka defaulted on a, on the repayment of a Chinese loan. Are there any such similar security concerns with China, with Nepal signing on to the BRI?
2: For India, many Indian experts claim that the railway connectivity project that Nepal and China are working for that, where they are negotiating, they are doing a study, which they want to have, Nepal and India. Nepal and China want to have railway connectivity with, with China. So that particular project has bigger security concern of India. That is what many Indian security experts claims. Because uh, railway that will that comes from Beijing to uh, Lhasa has reached Sigaste, It will be reaching Nepal border very soon. Uh, if there is a railway, the same railway being extended to Kathmandu, to Pokhara and Lumini, which is just 17 kilometers from the Indian border, will surely have security concern from India. That is what many Indians have been claiming.
1: But what about the security concerns for Nepal? Is there any chance that Chinese troops might enter Nepal? Or is that just like good relations is enough to secure Nepal from any threat from China?
2: Uh, Nepal and China enjoy very relations. So we don't have any kind of security concern, security threats. Uh, uh, Nepal and India. Uh, Nepal enjoys very good relation with India as well as Nepal. Both have nuclear power. Both are military world's most biggest, uh, most advanced military uh, owned by both the countries. So even if there is, we can't, uh, you know, really oppose to that. But I think since we have very good relations, we do not have any kind of threat between the two, uh, from the two countries at the moment.
1: Are there any other security concerns that Nepal has? Like any small insurgencies like a Maoist insurgency or maybe Madeshi insurgencies in the south that the Nepali state has to deal with today?
2: Uh, No, we don't see such uh, possibilities because even when we had Maoist insurgencies, they they were never supported by China. Rather, China provided arms to the king at the time to uh, quell the Maoist. Similarly, the Madeshis are in the southern belt, which has closer relation with India. So obviously, Uh, China would not feel the use and and it's not possible for Chinese to use those uh, uh, ethnic groups against any of the uh, any of the groups or country uh, in Nepal.
1: Okay. And what is the future of trilateralism between India, China and Nepal? Because you've spoken about this in books that you've written and edited. What is the future of Nepal as a bridge between China and India for Indochina relations?
2: uh actually this is a, a wonderful initiative that where nepal india and china can come together uh and it is it will be it will be a golden era if it happens for nepal because nepal being a center will be the one who will be the biggest beneficiary because uh, nepal has two major potential areas like one is tourism if both india and china have good relations both the countries can develop the tourism sector of nepal uh, they then uh, increasing uh, middle class in both the countries. So if we get even like 10% of the tourists from India and China will not be able to you know, provide service to them because it's small territory. Second is hydropower. Nepal uh, is very rich in hydropower and both India and China are in need of uh, uh, electricity power. So I think both India and China have technology, they have capital and we have resources, water resources. So if both the countries can come together, we can uh, we can develop tourism industry and hydropower, which can make Nepal very prosperous. But uh, majority, uh, the most of the, um, but uh, the, but the, uh, but the problem lies between India and China relations. I mean, unless India and China relations is resolved cordial, you know, it is not possible because uh, as long as India uh, looks at China's suspicion, you know it is not possible that india will allow china to have a strong presence or investment opportunities in nepal so i think uh, this is a wonderful initiative it's a wonderful dream uh, and we nepal we nepali hope that it happens one day but uh, unless india and china resolve the differences resolve the border dispute and have cordial relations i think it is unlikely
1: just one final question before i let you go sir um are there any books or media that you can recommend for people to better understand the current geopolitical state of Nepal? Uh, you
2: know, in order, to stay, in order to understand Nepal's geopolitics, there's a very classic book uh, by Leo E. Rose. It's called Strategy for Survival, which explains how Nepal has been surviving between the two hours of Asia. China and India. So I think that is another classic book. Then coming to other book, if you want to understand foreign policy of Nepal, you can study Professor Muni's book on Nepal uh, foreign policy. Uh, If you want to study the current development that is taking place between Nepal and other countries of the world, there is one book which you can freely download from IDSA website. It's by Nihar Nayak. It's called Strategic Himalayas. So it's a book. uh, If you go to IDSA website, you can download the PDF copy for free. So, there are three books which I would recommend. Apart from there are many books, but it's not, like you can get some items, but they don't have very comprehensive study on Nepal.
1: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for this interview, sir. I think it's been incredibly informative and I've definitely learned a lot about what Nepal's foreign policy stance is and Nepali relations with China and with India. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much for that opportunity.
0: Are you a hunter or an outdoor enthusiast? Take your love for firearms to the next level with Goat Guns. Our miniatures are an ideal addition to your hunting gear or cabin decor. Each model is meticulously crafted, capturing the essence of legendary firearms. Celebrate your passion for the outdoors by displaying these stunning pieces. With Goat Guns, you can showcase your love for hunting and firearms in a unique and artistic way. Explore our collection now and embrace your outdoor spirit at GoatGuns.com.